Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of E Squared. I'm your host, Eze Tiff, and I want to say thank you so much to my returning listeners and to my first-time listeners, you are welcome too. E Squared is a faith-based platform redefining the way young professionals work in excellence. With this podcast, we're creating a space where we have transparent and transformative conversations about the challenges we face in doing so. And I can't wait for y'all to join us in this conversation we're having today. So let's hop right into it. Hey, Tola, how you feeling? We're so happy to have you. Hey, Tim. I'm doing great. How are you? Very excited to finally be recording. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, your journey and some things that you enjoy doing. All right. Well, um, so as Tiff said, my name is Tola. Um, I am currently a PA student at Augusta University, um, pursuing my master's in physician assistant studies. I attended UGA for undergrad and I got my bachelor's in nutritional sciences. Um, and starting out, as you can guess, I was probably, well, I was pre-med. Yeah, we'll get more into that. And I'm here I am, you know, in PA school. Um, what do I do for fun? Right now, school is taking up a lot of my time. <laughs> but God has been faithful. So right now, school is is a, a big part of my fun. But um, we're going to see it through. We're going to see it through. So one thing you said, which I, I definitely want to just hop right into, is you weren't always PA. Like, that wasn't always the track that you were taking. So that took a level of faith to move. You know, that's not a decision people make overnight. So what did moving on faith look like for you? Right, right. So um, I was pre-med and I, you know, I, I think I have the typical background story of, oh, was, I was in pre-K. I wanted to be a doctor. And this, this, this. <laughs> that was really, that was honestly it for me. And um, I, I come from a Nigerian home, but it wasn't the typical like pressured into that field type thing. It was genuinely what I wanted to do. Um, so coming into undergrad, I knew for a fact that I wanted to pursue some form or facet of healthcare, right? Um, and then um, about sophomore year, I was like, yo, God, I don't know if medical school is it. Not because of the intensity of the classes, because see, I changed my major, but I was still a science major. I didn't bypass any of these hard classes. I still took those same classes and graduated with that same science degree. But I was just like, God, I don't, I don't really know if this this medical school route is particularly for me, I'm not sure. And I had this revelation finals week. Um, so you can only imagine my mind is half finals. The other half is like, okay, what are we going to do? Because we got to get it together before semester two starts. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I was I was really praying about it. Um, and I, I honestly didn't have much time to make that decision because uh, Christmas break was only two weeks. Um, wow. But, you know, I, I took that time in the week of finals to really seek the Lord about it while balancing finals. And I came across the profession of um, being a PA and I just kind of like moved on faith by that. Um, I think as believers, sometimes we're just like, God, I need the sign. But it's like sometimes, mm-hmm. not sometimes, but it, the other part of it is like, do we trust the Holy Spirit enough to just move on the fact that the Holy Spirit that's in us is like an act of wow. faith. It's like sometimes we say, God, I need a sign. But it's like, do you trust the Holy Spirit in you will not, you know, cause you to misstep? Just walk in faith with the Lord. And sometimes wow. stop saying, we use that I need a sign. It is an excuse to stay stagnant and not move. So I was like, God, I'm going to walk wow. in faith 
And if I'm doing something wrong, God, I need you to tear it all down and we're going to start over. We're going to start over. And um, as I was moving in this PA field, um, PA research and things like that, I've talked with my mom is in the um, healthcare field, talked to her about mm-hmm. it, talked to a couple people and um, confirmation came after confirmation about this is it. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is it. And the journey became so smooth going into that second semester. And um, I've just been walking in it and it was hard. It was honestly, like you said, it was hard because um, wow, being pre-med and um, <laughs> I'm just like, this is it. I'm going to be a doctor. You can't tell me nothing. I, I, had this, I, I had this I emphasis on that. I had this plan. I had this wow. plan um, about what I wanted it to look like, what I needed it to look like. But being honest, I never once sought the Lord about is um, being a doctor for me. I never once sought the Lord about that. I just knew it was just, it just felt right. Um, but I had this plan, but God came in and was like, look, I see you, I hear you, but this is what I have for you. And I was like, God, we mm. just go, okay, praise God. And putting down pride and all that thing. Um, it, it came along with all that um, and just trusting God. But we're, wow. here. we're here. So a lot of times we're so worried about taking the wrong steps that you right. haven't taken no steps at all. Ooh. Right. It's real. So like you said, you know, do we trust that Holy Spirit? Do we really know the God we serve? And do we believe in his providence, you know, in his ability to to lead us where exactly we need to be? My favorite scripture, you know, when we talk about things like this is Psalms 37 um, verses 23 through 25. So it starts off with saying the steps of a good and righteous man are directed and established by the Lord and he delights in his way and blesses his path so the steps of a good man that's us right are directed and established by the lord when he delights in our way when he falls he will not be hurled down because the lord is the one who upholds him and sustains him all right so when i read this my mind kind of like blew up because i'm like okay what does god delight in right what is going to make god really establish my steps and 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 my path the one that i'm walking on right. and we think about it the one thing that god delights in is faith yes without that is imp- is impossible to please him right so when you're making these steps and you're moving in faith that is when the lord is able to redirect you establish you right and verse 24 talks about those those things that we're afraid of before we make those steps when we're so worried about making the wrong step. He says, when he falls, he will not be hurled down. God was pretty much speaking to me that that resonated with all my mistakes. Right, yes. But not being hurled down, that's defeated, mm-hmm. right? So pretty much those mistakes are not enough to defeat you. Like, though you fall, you will not be hurled down. And it's, it follows up and tells you because the Lord upholds you. He holds you. He's going to pick you right back up and realign you and put you exactly where you need to be so that's one thing that that I just want to emphasize your story is really powerful you know a lot of times we we're so worried of taking the wrong steps that we take none at all and we really have to move out of that place um like you did into a place of faith even in the unknown Mm -hmm. so praise God that's beautiful wow 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 (laughs) so for you um now you're in PA school you how how long have you been in the program um, I started in May. Um, it's been a long couple months. Uh, <laughs> ask me what today's date is. Couldn't tell you. Everything is catching up, but I've, I'm, I'm a couple months strong. Couple months strong. So, what has embracing your PA journey taught you about God? Mm, so, one thing. So, the very first class that I took in PA school was anatomy. Um, and it's mm. not your, you know, high school anatomy where you're dissecting, you know, 
frogs or whatever. Like this was human anatomy, gross anatomy, meaning that we had cadavers, mm-hmm. which were human bodies um, that we worked on mm-hmm. throughout the entire semester. Um, and one thing it taught me immediately is like, yo, God is so detailed. God, I remember wow. being in lab and my classmates would just be like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like, it's so crazy how this is supposed to do this. And I'm just like, that's my God. That's my God. Like you see so many parts of the human body that seems so minute, so, so tiny, but has such a specific purpose. And I'm like, God is so detailed. And in that, I was just like, if God is so detailed about this, how much more like detailed is, is he about you know, ordering my steps in life. How much more detailed mm-hmm. is he about, you know, directing me and, and just making sure things go right in his will. And um, another thing I've learned is um, God is merciful and so patient with me. Um, also coming into school, I got so frustrated easily because we uh, they use the analogy of PA school is like drinking from drinking water from a fire hydrant, um, which is, yeah. <laughs> it seems extreme, but that's really what it feels like. Like <clears throat> you're trying to take in so much at a time, but you got to drink something in to keep moving forward. You got to get wow. something in. So many times where like, I'm studying for a test and even times where I felt like I didn't put my best foot forward with some things, but God's mercy prevailed. Not saying I'm taking grace for granted, but God's mercy really, really, really prevailed um, a lot of times. And God was just, God has been so patient with me in the moments where um, I doubt because it's it's easy. It's so easy to just keep doubting and um, school is going along and I'm like, okay, but, but God, there's this many things to know, but God, how it's, it's impossible for man to da da da, and I, all I hear is, "Well, with man, you know, this is impossible." But who do you serve? Whose daughter are you? Please act like you know it. And so God has been so patient. Oh, patience is one thing I'm learning about my father in this journey. Like patience in me, and how patient he really is with me. Because I think of it, if I was a parent and my child, I keep telling them something, and they're just like, "Now I'm just gonna be like." You can't be my child the way you're acting. Like, you can't be my bloodline the way you're acting. But God looks at me and he's like, yeah, I'll be patient with you because you have to see it. You have to see what I'm doing. So I'll be patient. So, yeah, that's 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 what I've learned so far. So as you moved from undergrad to PA school, what did relying on God look like for you? Man, man, oh, man. Um, when I say there were nights and days, I'm just like, God, I literally cannot fit another ounce of information in my head. God, I literally cannot keep my eyes open because I think about undergrad. I thought undergrad was, you know, it had its own challenges. Um, UGA, they, they, they like to do a lot sometimes. I love my dog, but they <laughs> like to do too much sometimes with the professors and the rigor of it. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like, yeah, with UGA, you know. Rickers there, you know, I, I should be used to it. But when I say school hit me like 10,000 bricks. and I, Not 10,000. Girl, 10,000. I was like, Lord, I'm either about to fall or I got to get up and keep it moving because we're here. Yeah. We're here in this program and you did not bring me this far to put me to shame. So I was like, something's mm-hmm. got to shake. Um, so relying on God for me was just like, it was like an all or nothing thing. Like I'm either going to be all in trusting God I'm going to be on Mm -hmm. the other side of things Um, because um, a thing about school that it's taught me is how do I put this like, and that's one thing about faith that like, um, and it's just about God's nature to where like, if I was able to do this on my own, 
I wouldn't need God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I was able to say, I got this, I got this, then I wouldn't need a reason to trust in God. So I appreciate the moments where I'm stretched and where I'm forced, literally forced. Where it's like, yo, I, in my own power, in my own right, in my, I, I can, I cannot. It's not that I'm too tired or I'm too lazy. No, I physically, mentally, emotionally, everything cannot begin to do what needs to be done. So God, you have to step in. You wow. absolutely have to, unless this whole thing is about to come to an abrupt halt. You have to step in. This is beautiful. Something else just really came to mind um, when you said, God, you have to step in. God actually steps in all the time. The story that came to mind, um, I believe it's in, it's in Joshua, Joshua 9, where the Gibeonites deceived the children of Israel, right? And what that story showed me is that your mistakes are not powerful enough to destroy right. God's exactly. plan for your life. Mm. But the basis of the story is that God promised Joshua and his people a promised land, right? An inheritance where they were going to take over and in the midst of them winning battles and taking over, you know, some tribes in the city, right? There was a there was a people called the Gibeonites who saw the work that their God was doing yeah. for them. And what they said was, "Wow, you know, like their God is actually helping them. If we don't do something now, we're next. They're about to take us out. So they came up with a, a plan to pretty much stop this whole thing from happening and save themselves. And what they did was they sent two people from their their place to disguise themselves as, you know, neighbors from a faraway land trying to get a peace treaty with Joshua. And what happens is, so they brought bread and all of these things. They were dressed like in rags, right? And what happens is when Joshua takes that bread and say, yes, we're going to come into, you know, a peace treaty with you. They're pretty much saying we're, we're never going to destroy you. And that's something that they, they have to stand on. Now, they did not know that these people were actual, actually Gibeonites, people of the land that they're supposed to destroy, people of the land that God has promised them, the thing that God had in store for Joshua, right? right? And the mistake that they made here, it is said to so clear in verse, um, verse 14 of this chapter says, so the Israelites examined the food um, that the people brought, but they did not consult the mm. Lord. And because they did not consult the Lord, they were deceived. You now, when they figured out who they were and what they just got themselves into, um, they're like, okay, whoa, we didn't consult with, with God. We just got deceived, right? That's enough to make him lose his whole faith on everything that the Lord has promised him. At, at least it right. would be for me. It's like, whoa, you know, like these are the people we're supposed to be fighting. This is the land that was promised to us. We're done. Hmm. But Something so beautiful at the end of this story um, is God used it for their good, right? We see in verse 26 all the way down that although they weren't able to destroy the Gibeonites, the Lord was able to use them as the Gibeonites as extra hands to his work, to what he wanted to get done to fulfill the purpose that he had for Joshua and his people anyway. It says, so Joshua did not allow the people of Israel to kill them, but that day he made the Gibeonites the woodcutters and the water carriers for the community of Israel and for the altar of the Lord, wherever the Lord would choose to build it. And they still do that till this mm. day. Wow. Wow. What? Wow. What? You know, with that story, like, there's no, like you were saying earlier, there's no magnitude of a mistake we can make to throw God off of his trajectory, like to throw God off. We are incapable of throwing God off of his game. And the thing about that is God and his, you know, all-knowing nature, he already knew they was going to do that. And he already planned in he store already. He's like, Lord, not Lord, because he is Lord, okay? <laughs> He's like, look, <laughs> I'm telling them to do this. And I know 
that they won't do it, but I already have a backup for their disobedience or for their lack of seeking me or for their this, 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 like, there's nothing we can do. It's not like, oh man, whoa, they did this. Oh my God, I'm, I'm God. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? God is like, he's already taken care of everything. The Bible tells us that he already knows the beginning of things to the end of things. Every, mm. all, that means the in-between and everything. And that's the beautiful nature about God. And that's the merciful nature of God because he could have left them mm. to their ruins and say, hey, you didn't seek me. You didn't do this. You didn't do X, Y, and Z. Well, that's you. Wow. You know, no, no promise for you. No this for you. No that. But he said, look, we're going to turn this around and we're going to spin it around. And in my mercy, this is what I'm still going to do for you. Because he still keeps his promises. God is not man that he should what? Lie. God Come is on! not man that he should lie. He doesn't lie. It's not in his nature. It may be very well be in our nature to flex, finesse, and do all this, that, and the third. But it's not in our fathers to lie or go back on his word. It says that the Bible says that, you know, all things work together for the good of those, you know, who love the Lord. Everything. <laughs> like, like I was saying, like, it's all things work together for the good. The good, that means the good things work together. The bad things work together. The mediocre mm-hmm. things work together. Everything. It's like God takes all of those things. He's not a God of mediocrity. He's not a God of um like second place or like silver or bronze. He's, he's a God of excellence. And because he's a God of excellence and we are his inheritance, then excellence is our inheritance. And, and that's just one thing I've learned about school to stop. And, and God showed me this like mm. halfway through undergrad about how 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 dare I settle for mediocrity with grades not saying I'm not grateful for the grades I get even if even if I pass but how dare I say you know yeah I'm gonna just I just want to pass I just want to pass do I serve a god of just passing <laughs> I don't serve a god of just passing I don't serve a god of just just this if I place this request before the Lord God not only do I want to pass I want an A because I serve a like excellence mm. if, if you remember the grading scale from elementary school we didn't get a's and b's we got like excellence satisfactory unsatisfactory needs improvement yeah. or whatever excellence is the top tier thing satisfactory is like that like okay you make you good you straight you good but we mm-hmm. come, like, on come on in, in. You, can, you can still come to the pizza party for the kids that behave and stuff you know but we say, <laughs> with the God, ice cream with the <laughs> look, vanilla those little vanilla cups with the spoon and you know watch, watch something on the little tvs good you made it on through but we serve a god of excellence so it's like if i mm. ask anything but god I, I need your excellent spirit excellent garment to rest upon me that means anything i set my foot to should naturally yield excellence because that's my father right that's my father i'm not i'm not a stepchild i'm not a you know like you know just some extended or i i'm that's that's my that's my it's in it's in our bloodline, the bloodline of Christ. It's, it's in us to produce excellence. The bloodline, the bloodline of Christ. Yes. Like you said, you know, we don't want to, I love that analogy so much. You know, we don't want to just, all right, come on into the party. We want the free jean the day. Free jean you know, day. We, we want the free jean. I ain't paying no $2. Free jean day. <laughs> <laughs> Let me break this down for people who don't understand. So me and Tola, we grew up, um, Clayco, oh, yes, Riverdale, yes, Riverdale, yes, Georgia. Riverdale, Georgia, oh, yeah. and you know, <laughs> we had a, a uniform system in place, but a lot of times, you know, when you're doing excellent in your courses, you get a free jean day, but look, praise that. God, <laughs> but um, wow, like what you said is, is really good, you know, it's not that we are putting this 
pressure on ourselves to be great because oh our parents are telling us to do this xyz but we know the standard of our father and we know what is already in our bloodline what's already in us what we're able to do already Mm. god is god is our helper he helps us get there and like you said we're not we're not just being mediocre and letting things fly by god broke it down so well he said i am a helper when somebody's helping you do something are they doing the thing Mm. for you Mm. Are they are they doing the thing for you? And so God was saying, like, I can help you, but give me something to help you with. And that's where his grace and his help comes. And and that um, reminds me of um this scripture. Um and um and I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read it. It's just one verse in um first John two, and it talks about the Holy Spirit being our helper, but it's like it God requires one thing of us. He doesn't require a burnt sacrifice, he doesn't require blood sacrifice, you know, he doesn't he just wants us to abide in him and obey him. That's that's literally, that's it. That's it. In this scripture in 1 John um, 2.27, it says, as, and I'm reading Amplify because, you know, Amplify, it's, it spices it up a little bit. You got the adjectives, but it's the word of the Lord. So we love an Amplify version. So um, it says, as for you, the anointing, the special gift, the preparation which you have received from him remains permanently in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you. But just as his anointing teaches you, giving you insight through the presence of the Holy Spirit about all things, and it's true and is not a lie. And just as his anointing has taught you, you must remain in him, being rooted in him, being knit to him. So what I get from this scripture is like the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. We don't need, not saying we don't need, I'm not saying don't go to lectures, don't go listen, I, please go to class. But I'm just saying that we, we have this, this power. We have this source to tap into, which is the Holy Spirit that is not accessible by the common man. It's not accessible by the world. It's not accessible by someone who doesn't accept and abide in Christ. But we have this free mm. gift to just tap into that power, to let the Holy Spirit teach us, to let the Holy Spirit direct us. You know, it's always said how the Bible, like the Bible is literally like a cheat code manual for life. And I know it's, of course, it's easier said than done, but the Bible is literally like that manual. There's nothing new under the sun, nothing we haven't gone through, nothing um, that hasn't been gone through in the past that's a surprise to God, like we were saying earlier. So God equips us. And that's why, you know, Jesus is like, I'm sending someone after me, you know, and in my helper, wow. the Holy Spirit, because he knows, he knows that we can't do it ourselves. Imagine if Christ just went and sat at the right hand of God and just was like, well, y'all got X thousand amount of years and I'm coming on back. But he gave us a help because he knew by our fleshly nature, by our fleshly nature, by just our desires, by our flesh will fail us time and time. There's not one time my flesh can ever come through for me. So I don't put my trust in it. I just don't. But Christ said, I God said, I know my creation. I know what they're capable of. I know what they're not capable of. I know that doubt. Mm. I know that they do that. I know they do X, Y, and Z. So look, I got you. Here is the helper, the third part of the Trinity, me, myself. To come and rest upon and live in you. He he said, I'm sending I'm sending myself to live in you. Boom. Not a piece of myself. It is myself. Holy Spirit is the Lord. It is myself. I'm sending myself to come and dwell in you. All you gotta do is abide in me. You said something about God being enough to equip you, that he will always equip you. Let's talk about that. So was there ever a time, I guess, in your application process or whenever where you felt like you didn't have everything you need? And how am I gonna make it to that next step? Yeah. What was that experience? Was like? there? <laughs> was there? Um. So, whew, there, there was, there was times, plural, plural. Um. So, 
applying to school was um quote unquote there's a timeline of like you wanna like you see all these PA forms and stuff, apply early, increase your chances, which statistically is is correct. But if you don't apply by this day, just wait till the next cycle, meaning a whole nother year, yada yada yada. So there were so many components. Um the application opens April of every year. You know, July, August, September, July, August to start, you're kind of like pushing it a little bit. You're because schools have started interviewing and things like that. So, you know, we're in July and I'm like, I still haven't taken my GRE, which was the interest exam to get into PA school. Um, I still don't have my hours because the programs require that you have a certain amount of like healthcare experience hours, volunteer hours, all this stuff. Girl, I was missing not 10, not 20, but hundreds. Um, <laughs> like I still, and, and, and another vital component because I had to apply strategically. Like I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted to stay in Georgia. I knew I wanted this program. I had my top three programs. I knew what these programs required out of me. And one thing they all three had in common was you needed a letter of recommendation from like a practicing certified PA, physician assistant. You needed one of those. So um, long story short, you people say long story short, but they don't really shorten it. But I'm trying. But um, so long story, a little bit shorter. Um, one of the PA, well, the PA that I was to have write my letter but I was banking on to write the letter pretty much just backed out and was like, they can't do it. Um, mm. Reasoning wasn't very solid. Forgiveness exists. I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> but you know, love covers. I'm, 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 I'm good. But um, the person just backed out. And mind you, this was like the last component to my application, meaning that was I now about to have to wait a whole nother year a whole nother cycle, a whole nother year from being where I know the Lord has called me to be because of one letter that's written by man. <laughs> I was like, okay, God, I, I, this, this cannot be it. What am I going to do? You know, I'm, I'm seeking out for help um, from people who are already in PA schools and stuff. They're like, you know, go on um, LinkedIn, go to doctor's offices, try to shadow a PA, then ask them. So I'm like, the timeline of that, by the time you are able to get approved to shadow and get, I'm like, that's months. Applications would have closed by then. So the advice you all are giving me is as if I should wait till next year. And, you know, I remember the Lord was telling me like, hey, because um, I was in this group with like um, a bunch of like pre-PAs and stuff like that. And people who were practicing PAs and people who were in PA school. So I remember the Holy Spirit telling me, just post in the group me. Don't say you need a letter, but just post for advice about what somebody else would do in that group and I'm like God, I can't do that I don't want to seem like I'm begging like I, but I'm like yeah. it just seems so weird like people have a billion things going on in there and you know I've seen people ask for stuff similar before and it seemed like they didn't get help I'm like nah I'm it's okay we're gonna find something to work so some days later fast forward I'm, I'm bending to my girls about this and I hear the Holy Spirit drop that in my heart again I'm like okay you know, I heard I could have I could play the first time like I didn't hear, but I was like, the second time we have to move. So we moved. <laughs> so I put it in the group and I was just like, you know, just explain my situation. I wasn't saying I need somebody to write a letter or whatever. I need a shadow. So I was like, what would you do if you were in my position? What can you advise me to do? Do you know anywhere that's even taking on students to shadow? And I remember I got the generic responses about do this, do that, da 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 da. And then the Lord a helper my way and I remember a woman who approached me she private messaged me and was like hey I'm writing that letter for you send me the information you need and I and mostly I'm thinking okay you know I'll give her a couple weeks she's like I, it was like Friday she's like I have that letter ready for you by Monday and she did 
and she did and I was able to submit my application and in my, and, and, and things changed within the span of one I was already mentally preparing apply next year but the Lord really came through on that mm, wow <laughs> it, it just keeps ringing in my mind sometimes you don't have everything you think you need but God always does yeah he always exactly does. exactly and when I think about what you just said I think about the story of Gideon and his army mm. God tells him to build an army and get ready so he can save his people mm. it took a minute for him to do that we know he asked for a lot of signs you know like God make this wet okay never mind make this dry okay never mind you know don't get mad at me but I need you to you know he asked for a lot of signs but it's so beautiful because as he was as he was asking for these signs he was moving yeah. he was making strides towards what God asked him to do continuing to listen as he moved that's what faith looks yes. like right yeah. but moving forward so he begins to get his men together and he finally gets you know, a set of guys that he thinks is, is his army, the people who he's going to use to get this victory. He has about 10,000 men. The Bible tells us he has 10,000 men. And what does God do? God comes in and says, okay, this, you know, we're going to slice this. Yeah, up. he said, it's you know, good this enough. Is I like what this is a lot of men. We're going <laughs> to cut this down. Yeah. Not half. Mm-mm. You know, look, <laughs> he cut it down from 10,000 to 300 men. Mm, from 10,000 men to 300 men. But God didn't just do that and, and just dip. He gave an explanation. He said, because if I if I let you guys go in 10,000 men, y'all are going to believe that it was because of your resources. Oh, it was because of the excess amount of men that you had. It was because of Tola is smart. Mm-hmm. Tola has what she needs. You know, I'm, you're going to think that it's because of what you have that you won this victory. Rooms. Really, it was all in my strength. Yeah. So him cutting that down from 10,000 to 300 symbolized so much. Like there's always more to the story. Right? God can, he can move in ways we can never imagine. And just thinking about them, there always being more to a story. We can, we can even look at John 4, the women at the well. Mm. Before um, Jesus gets to Samaria, he has a long journey. And in, in the first couple of scriptures, it talks about how he was weary and he was, you know, sitting at the well thirsty. Pretty much. That's that's what it says. Like God, Jesus was thirsty. He was sitting at the well yeah that's it (laughs) and so for me reading that i'm like wait you know this is the same jesus that turned water into wine right he can really hit a a airbender move right now (laughs) and just you know like the he does not need anybody to come give him some water he doesn't need man to come bring him a cup of water he doesn't need that but he used that strategy for something so much more there's always more and we know what he did with the women at the well and everything. But with the strategy he used, he was able to change her destiny and the destinies of the lives attached to her. And it doesn't end there. You know how the commercial is like, wait, wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually yeah. more. You know, later on, we see the disciples, they scurry along and they're like, why are you talking to her? Like, what are you doing with this lady? What? We don't talk to people of this mm. kind. Boom. He's able to show more of his nature, more of his character, just his heart to his people as a host. And I just say all this to say that there's always more. That's a prayer to ask to, to ask God to speak more. Yeah. This is about to be a long episode, y'all. So <laughs> look, buckle up. Buckle up. Just, buckle up get your bathroom break in right now and come back. Look, so so that's that's the that's a simple prayer. Like, God help me see the more that you're doing in this circumstance, regardless of what I'm seeing, what I'm looking at surface level right so Elisha prayed that prayer Elisha prayed that prayer he said um in second king 6 17 they're getting ready for war physically they have less less men you know they have less men against the people that they're fighting 
fighting with realistically surface level in my natural mind not thinking about god is like okay let's, gonna, let's gonna pack it up and go home look i i'm gonna head out but literally <laughs> the scripture says elisha prayed and said oh lord please open his eyes so that he may see so the lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire oh, around elisha there was the angels of the lord like God was already there, you know, ten, ten, ten toes, toes down. He was down there. Enough. He ten toes down. They were deep, but he couldn't see that. He couldn't see that there was more to the situation than just what it looked like surface level. So that's a prayer that I'm even praying for everyone listening that Lord, you will open their eyes to see that it's not just about this application I'm turning in. It's not just about this podcast that I'm recording, but Lord, is there's more. <laughs> okay. So what are three takeaways from your process thus far? Three takeaways, I would say that I have so far um first and foremost um I don't even want to say not to sound generic because this isn't generic but prayer is really key um I've I've learned that so much and I think it's easy to um get in school and say I'm too busy to you know pray and this 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 and I don't have as much time on my hands which I mean in actuality my time is always but prayer the power of prayer is key it's especially before exams for me. Um, one thing I made a habit of doing is that um, prior to exams, I, I, I drop everything and pray. Um, not just, mm-hmm. God, get me through this test, but I'm like, Lord, I said everything now because I used to have a thing where I'd be shaken before or during exams. And this happened to me for the first time in so long this past week where my hand was shaking while taking a test. And I'm like, I can't click on an answer, Lord, if my hand will not stay still. And I remember I set everything down and I told my hand, peace, be still. And what did it do? It was still. And I finished my test. Praise God. But um, test anxiety, is, it's a real thing. But we have to understand that it can be rebuked and dealt with. These things, anxiety doesn't come from the Lord. Um, fear doesn't come from the Lord. These type of things does not come from the Lord, do not come from the Lord. So if it doesn't come from the Lord, where does it come from? Right? If it doesn't come from the Lord, where does it come from? It comes from the enemy it comes from the devil it comes from saying himself so what do we do we take those things we don't just say oh god let this thing we bind them in the name of jesus and we send them back to where they came from like there's so much power and authority in our words in christ jesus when we attach the name and the power of jesus to our to our commands to these things they have to go they don't stand around fear doesn't just say oh let me just stand around and consider going it heard that name of jesus and what does it do it has to flee so there's power in that there's so much power in that and, and, and um the other two things i've learned is just you know god is in depth when it comes to our prayers about academics i can lament and go on and oh god i want this i want this. god heard me the first second and the third time like god wants me to be great as much as i want me to be great god wants more for me than i even want for myself god is rooting for me harder than i'm rooting for my own self and we oftentimes forget that that we're not playing against god it's not god can i just step into your grace as I am in the courts of my father. So he's on my side. He's all on all like on all corners and things. And the third thing is just, you know, just making daily proclamations over myself. Um, and just, again, the power of the word proclaiming things over myself. Yeah. You know, sometimes we make these daily proclamations and we're, we're feeling good, but then if we're being real, there's, there, there are, you know, cause this is a transparent podcast, transparent and transformative combos. Okay. Mm when those days come where we are in our low moments because those moments happen you know those days do come 
how do you pull yourself back up from that? In all honesty, breakdowns happen. Breakdowns happen. We're human. But I let my breakdown be at the feet of my father. I can't just break down and just crumble on the floor. I let my breakdown and my posture break me down to the feet of my father. There's moments where I break down and I'm just in tears. But I'm like, Lord, these tears are coming up onto you. This breakdown is onto you because only you lift me up. But let your breakdown, if you're going to break down, because we are human and being a believer doesn't mean you, nothing can touch me. But when you break, break down in front of your father. A lot of times we, there's this misconception that crying equates to weakness, but it's, it's okay to cry. Mm -hmm. Crying is a way to exhale. Crying even like, scientifically it releases toxins right. crying does not make you these weak are facts. These, look these are facts <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is you know like you said where are you doing it at and where's your mindset and what are you doing after david had this on lock psalm 56 verse 8 talks about god having his tears in a bottle he says mm -hmm. you have collected all my tears in your bottle you keep track of all my sorrows like you already know what i'm doing anyway you know when i'm breaking down let me just come and do it here right <laughs> at, the, at the feet of the person who who can help right. me here's the action here's what happens afterwards because he doesn't just do that and stay there verse nine he does what you said Tola. speaking life and reminding yourselves of the promises of god he says in verse nine he says my enemies are going to retreat on the day that i cry yeah. for help he begins to remind himself that his god is a god who answers mm. who's not mute who's not deaf who's not distant whose arms are not too weak to come and help. He begins to encourage himself in the Lord. So it is okay encourage to himself <laughs> in the Lord. That is it. Do you have any advice for somebody who is just starting grad school or transitioning to um, a new phase of life? Yeah. Your journey the, with that. The main thing is really learn to extend grace to yourself. You're not going to figure it out in one day at all. Extend grace to yourself. Give yourself time to adjust. Give yourself time for God to to show you the ropes. Don't expect that things will just move at the pace that you desired to move. Trust mm. the Lord and um, seek the Lord day in and day out because you're in a new environment. You're in a new new playing field. Like sit before the Lord and say, okay, God, what's the game plan? Let's do this. Don't just hop in it um, with your mindset, but extend grace to yourself and let yourself adjust. Wow. How do you excel and exhale as a PA student? Yes, man. So exhale. I exhale by... um. I spiritually renewing my mind with the Lord. Um, it goes back to that proclamation thing. Um, that's that's my deep breath when I feel like I'm choked up with schoolwork. I'm like, the Lord has promised me this. The Lord has said this. His word declares this over my mind. His word says this. God is not man that he shall. That's my favorite thing. That God brought me here. So my father is not a liar. God is not a man that he should mm. find. Um, and being intentional about being in fellowship. When when life gets more and more busy as we grow and become adults, <laughs> become adults, you are adults, as we just grow <laughs> and things like that, um, um, you have to be much more intentional about creating time and spending time with God. Um, so that's a, how I exhale. Um, and then how I exhale um, and just working in excellence as a student is just um, putting away pride and knowing when I need help. If I need a tutor, if I need to bust down my professor's office hours and, and, and blow up their emails, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Put away pride. These resources are at your hand. You're, you're paying to be mm -hmm. at this institution. Um, you know, you serve a God of excellence. Um, you take your wins and your losses with grace and, and, and still keep moving. Um, you know, school and these type of things is not a physical life or death situation. It doesn't determine whether you live or you die. Remember that. Take those wins and losses of grace. Strategize. Do not sulk. And look onto the Father. You, if you're going to put your head mm -hmm. down because you didn't do well on the test, you need to pick it back up and look onto the Father. 
who has brought you there and who will see you through. You said something really powerful. God brought me here. And under, God is the one who brings us to wherever we are. And when we really realize that and understand that, it kind of takes away the whole imposter syndrome yeah. mindset. Yeah. And I do want you to kind of talk about um, that imposter syndrome mindset, how you were able to overcome that. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, keeping it a little short. So I do attend an institution where I, I'm, I am the minority, um, very much the minority. <laughs> and um, um, growing up in Clayton County and all things like that, like I've, I've never experienced that. Even at UGA, although UGA is a, a PWI, um, it's still such a large school that like you still don't really always feel like the minority because that that is still several thousand of people who look like you. Not to say we divide ourselves based on race and all those type of things, but imposter syndrome, um, not just with being a minority, but with just feeling like you're qualified enough to be at an institution is challenging. It's a very real thing. It's a very, very real thing. But you have to remember that, first of all, the fact that you got in that institution means that the admissions committee thinks you're capable. And even if they don't, their opinion don't even matter because God thought you were capable because you're there. Anyway, we don't serve a God of mistakes. We don't serve a God mm. of mistakes. It's not by mistake that you're there. And also just not comparing yourself because that's what imposter syndrome does. You compare yourself. So-and-so got this. So-and-so is doing that. So it doesn't matter because all that matters is what God says about you and what God has called you to do. And this God is going to see you through. Um, and, you know, comparing yourself is like counting yourself out of the race before it's even started. Like, how can you do that? Wow. How can you already say, I'm going to come in eighth place or whatever? They haven't even shot the gun. Look, the race. you didn't even stretch yet. You, you ain't even stretch. Have you drank your water? Have you, have you relaxed? Have you done anything? Like, don't do that. Don't do that because that's showing doubt in the God who's brought you. God is not mm. a God of mistakes. Um, imposter syndrome may be real, but God is realer. God is realer. All right. So once again, thank you all so much for tuning into another episode of E Squared. We will be continuing with transparent and transformative conversations in the next episode. But until then, make sure you share this podcast with a friend and share your feedback. Thank you all for listening. Catch you on the next one.